Barney and Friends. Barney Simon. Decorando FM. I had psyched myself to say, I want to be a student once again. You know, I want to feel young. I want to to learn. And going back to class, I, I won't be shameful that I go to class to... And I discovered that education was probably different then. The younger people... Of course, in the school that I went to, you can tell that a lot of people are broken. A lot of people have been broken by the system. You know... People are not properly motivated when they go into a classroom. Unlike when we were at school, we understood that we had to fight to get this this thing. It is the only way that we could be saved from probably poverty and and our own lifestyles. But of course, for me, I wasn't going back to school because I felt I needed to get a great job. I, I was gone beyond the you know, employable age. But for me, it was knowledge. So when I went to, to to the classroom, I found some of the young people, you know, they come into a classroom with their cell phones. <laughs> and of course, the teachers, some of the teachers were young enough to be my sons. Now, I related to teachers differently to how the younger people relate to teachers because they were, and they would be answering the cell phone during a lesson. And I took it up, you know, I took the responsibility. I wanted to be the prefect. <laughs> I became the monitor in the classroom. <laughs> and what, when you said to them, listen, did they listen to you? Uh, was well, there yeah. a bit of respect yeah. there? So put I, your cell phones I, I down. Think the advantage I had was the fact that my profile could allow me to mm. do that. You know, I think they were also amused and fascinated by being in class with me at the same time. But there was also this element of recklessness within the classroom that they, they, they would, you know, continue doing during a lesson. And then one day I just decided, no, maybe I need to bring order here, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I took advantage of my age, first of all, and the profile. And I called all of them. I said, guys, listen, I think all of us want the same thing here. The reason that we all came to school was because we want to... We all failed our metric at some stage. Probably I failed my metric. You know, I didn't do my metric many years ago, but you guys are here because you had not passed or some of you fell by the wayside, and you are here because you want to get your metric. So the issue around cell phones is, is, is really frustrating for me. And, of course, the teachers couldn't do anything because apparently there are new rules that teachers have to behave in a particular way. Now, I come from the old school where the teacher was almost like a parent. If you're out of order, you get caned or, you know, you get a hiding. So the teacher became helpless. And I said, now, the instruction is that you come into class, your phone is either on silence and if you are going to answer the phone, you ask for permission. And there was order in class. And trust me, many of us did well. My brother's a principal, school principal, and he's banned cell phones from the school. 
and they are studying and they're getting used to it now. So Exactly. Precisely. <laughs> I said, how can you do that to the kids? I mean, someone stood up one in, in one of the classes and the phone was ringing and they were speaking on the phone. Unbelievable. I mean, they were speaking on the phone and it's uh, in the middle of a class. And I was like, hey, what is going on here? And they, they, they smiled at me. I said, no, this is not going to happen. So how many A's did you get? Uh, I didn't get A's. Sticks. I didn't get B's. A's. I got C's. And not bad. I got C's and I got uh, D's. Yeah. And what does it mm. feel like when you sit in your office or in your lounge or whatever and you've got that piece of paper there? That, <laughs> eh? It must be an amazing feeling. It's such a great feeling. It's like you... You've been driving a car without a license for almost half your life, and suddenly you, you get, get your driver's license. And it's one of the most fascinating experiences that one could actually imagine. Jacob uh, Zuma praised you. You made headline news on every station that I listened to. Uh, you know, it was amazing. We were so proud of you because we grew up with you, and you did something unique. And, and I think uh, hopefully a lot of kids today. Do you still go to schools? Do you do a couple of uh, lectures yes. and oh, things? Yeah. Like, uh, in fact, this past Sunday I was invited to a church uh, to go and, and talk about that. Okay. And it was one of those very spiritual, uplifting experiences for me because it, it, it was at a, one of those old churches, you know, probably 120-year-old churches. And the pastor... What a humble person. You know, in most cases, when you go to church, you're not allowed to go to the pulpit because the pulpit only belongs to the pastor, mm. not to ordinary people. But this time I was, he said to me, please occupy my space. And this man studied in America and he has a master's degree in theology. But the humility was just unbelievable. I mean, he was so humble, and I was inspired. I was inspired by him, and all some of his congregation were people with master's degrees and so on. They had asked me, who had just passed my trick, to come in and speak to them about. I thought, wow, this is amazing, and. Uh, I had to speak, of course, to all the younger people. But I also spoke to the, to the elderly. And I said, I went to back to school not because I was going to be employed, but because I sought more knowledge than I had before. I have traveled all over the world, but none, none but education makes me feel better than the travels that I've had the achievements, all the gold records and everything else that I've, you know, the plaudits that I continuously receive from nothing, nothing beats that. We are going to talk about Nelson Mandela in a bit before we go. Are we running out of time? I can't believe this. <laughs> and then we're going to, I'm going to give you one word and you have to tell me immediately what, what's what comes up in your mind. Okay, that's an easy game. Oh, this is nice. We're getting amazing SMSs coming through uh, from Big Barry Harry. <laughs> wow, what a great story this man told. Respect. Isn't that nice to get that feedback from, from oh, people? You. And you're just being yourself. You, you've, you've walked this journey. You've, 
You've got amazing stories to tell. And it's still a journey. It is. And that's what you, you, it you, has no end in sight, seemingly. <laughs> and uh, uh, coming up next, uh, I want to play your, your biggest hit ever, in my opinion. And I've actually got the vinyl here. Should I play the vinyl tonight? I'm going to open As this. long as it doesn't have scratches. No, it has got. <laughs> uh, I've actually got it, yeah. Burnout. And I, I, this is when you released this. I think it was 84, 85. Yes. Uh, yes. This, I found this in the studio, the radio station that I worked for, and I just took it home, and I've had it all my life. But you know what's very fascinating also about that? As you can see, the label is not a gala label. Mm. You know, earlier on we spoke about burning our fingers. You know, I had established a record label, and Peter Gallo had advised against it. I thought, no, he didn't want competition from me, but he was right. He said, it's a very tough world out there, Sipo. Don't burn your fingers. You'll throw money into this thing, and it will burn your fingers. And, yeah, he was quite right. And the song is called Burnout. Yes. <laughs> but was, you wrote that before. So. <laughs> yeah, we're going to – there's so much. We, we still want to talk about the quota systems in sport, in music, the arts, the culture. There is so much about this country that we haven't even done. But I'll call you in about a month's time and you must come back and we'll I'd do part to. two. I'd so, love to. Uh, we'll yes. chat with Sipo again. Stay uh, right there. Barney and Friends. Barney Simon.